Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The word of God from Galatians 4. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. This is God's word. Many people are confused by all the different religions that are in the world. And indeed, within Christianity, there are numerous denominations and flavors and spices, if you will, of living life as a Christian. But biblically, there are really only two. Two religions. There is the religion of God, the Christian faith, and there are all others which are essentially the same. And really, even within Christianity, the same thing is true. There is the Christian religion, and then there's other things that get pulled in that try to corrupt it. And that's what Galatians chapter 4 is about. Two religions. In fact, St. Paul is setting up two different ways of living as one of God's children, as living as the people of God. There's the first way, living life by the law. Or as Paul also calls it, living life by the flesh. Ultimately, Paul says that is living life as a slave. And then the other way is living life by promise. Paul says that is also life by the Spirit, and he says that that is life that is free. So these are the two religions, living by the law and living by promise. Living by flesh or living by the Spirit living as a slave or living free. To help explain that, Paul tells the story of two women and their sons. Both of them were wives of Abraham. Now, Paul talks a lot about Abraham in the book of Galatians. He talks about how Abraham's Seed, his offspring, are those of us who have faith in Christ. But now in chapter 4, he develops that further and explains it in terms of these two religions. He says that effectively, or in Paul's own words, symbolically, or allegorically, you're either following the religion of Abraham's wife, Hagar, or his wife, Sarah. Now, Sarah was indeed Abraham's beloved wife. And God had made a promise to Abraham 
that he would be the father of many nations. His descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the heavens and the sands on the seashore. And that he would fulfill this promise through his wife, Sarah. Now, of course, they were both advanced in age at the time of the promise. Abraham was 90 years old and Sarah was 80. And as time went on, and there was no child born to Abraham and Sarah, they got it in their heads that they needed to take things into their own hands. And so Sarah approached her husband Abraham. Their names had not been changed. At this point, they were Abram and Sarai. Sarai is approached by his wife. We read in Genesis 16, after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. Sarai, or Sarah, figured, if I'm not going to have any children, then I'm going to give my husband my servant, and perhaps God will fulfill the promise through Hagar. And Hagar did indeed have a son. His name was Ishmael. But that was not how God was going to fulfill his promise. Ten years after making that promise to Abraham and Sarah, Sarah did indeed give birth to a son named Isaac. He was the fulfillment of the promise of God, not Ishmael. You see, there is trusting in the promise of God that he will be fulfilled, Isaac. Or there is taking things into your own hands, Ishmael. Those are the two religions. The God who fulfills his promises for you and taking things into your own hands. The religion where God is the one who saves you and does it by grace through faith. Or the one where you're left to make things happen on your own. Those are really the only two religions. One where God is a savior and merciful and gives us a deliverer in Jesus Christ who accomplishes salvation on our behalf. Or one where we've got to do a bunch of things. And if it's not in the form of a religion, then it's in the form of some other ideology. And isn't that the way it is in the world today? you got to say the right things. Go to the right places. Subscribe to the right worldview and ideology. So you can be accepted. So you can be, as they say today, woke. But it's not about the right mindset, the right actions, the right words, the right posts on social media, the right, the right signal virtuing, virtue signaling. There's a religion where it is all about you and what you do, and that's a false religion. And a religion where God is your Savior. You can hear Paul's heartfelt pleas at the beginning of the text, the first half of the chapter, where he's wondering what happened to these Galatians. Just as a reminder, what was going on in Galatia was a group of people that they called the Judaizers. 
that were trying to Judaize the Christian faith. They were trying to add a bunch of laws to it. Namely, they were insisting that if you were a male convert to Christianity, you needed to be circumcised. You needed to follow the law that was given to Abraham. You need to follow the old covenant. You needed to do the right thing. And so salvation became dependent on you rather than on the God who loves you. Two religions. And the Galatians were tossing away the true one for the one that damns. Law and promise. Flesh and spirit. Slave and free. Hagar and Sarah. Ishmael and Isaac. Or as Paul describes it at the end of our text, two Jerusalems. The present Jerusalem he points to in that day, the first century, and the Jerusalem above. Of course, in Paul's day, Jerusalem was the place where Judaism was the religion of the day. It was ruled by Pharisees and scribes and different sects and groups who came up with their own efforts, their own ideologies, their own ways to attain heavenly greatness. It was all about your actions. That Jerusalem of Paul's day offered no salvation. They had forgotten that Jerusalem was, of course, to be the place where God dwelt among his people. And God dwells among his people in Jesus Christ. That's the Jerusalem we seek. The one that's found in Jesus Christ, the one that's found in the gospel of his cross, his death, his resurrection. That is true religion. Christ crucified for sinners, risen from the dead to give us life that lasts forever, life in a heavenly Jerusalem, a Jerusalem above, where we live with God forever, as his children, as his heirs, as his sons. If Abraham is our father, and in a sense he is, because we are sons of Abraham, children of the promise, as Paul tells us. Of course, God is our father, above all things. Then Sarah, her promise that she finally understood, she is our mother. Jerusalem is our mother, according to Paul. In other words, the church is our mother. In this church, God tenderly feeds us and nourishes us. And how fitting 
As we now embark as the church in this new era of trying to figure out what it means to speak about life, that we do indeed think of the church as being like our mother, for within our mother, just like a child within a mother's womb, here within our mother, the church, we are indeed fed and nourished by the word, by the holy heavenly food that is given to us, that is Christ's own body and blood. Here, within our mother, God the Father gives us all that we need to live as his children, and then we are delivered forth into the world to reflect that love to the world around us. All of this is free. Paul says the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. She is Sarah. She is the church. Where God is with his people, and life is lived by promise. The story of Hagar didn't end so well. God took care of her. She was cast out into the wilderness. We read in Genesis 21, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, Ishmael, whom she had born to Abraham laughing. This was when Isaac was young. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And so Abraham did send out Hagar and her son Ishmael away from their presence. God took care of her. And it's a harsh ending for her. But actually Paul uses that to remind us what we ought to do with any attempts we think we might make to justify ourselves before God, to accomplish salvation by our own plans. Cast them out. Send them away from us. Trust only in the promises that are yours in Jesus. Trust only in the promises that are yours because you are God's dear child. Live by the promise. Live in the hope of the one who sets you free. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.